what if I told you that the untapped power of your mind could turn your life into a masterpiece, leading to personal and professional triumph? Welcome back to another episode of Unleash Thyself. This isn't just a podcast, it's a movement. We don't just ponder life's big questions, we find solutions and take action. We don't just dream, we achieve. I'm your host, Constantine Moroon, and I'm so excited to be here today with you to go on this journey to uncover how to work on our mind and how to take it to the next level. Now, if you were with us last week, you've already got a sneak peek at the blueprint of your success, the four pillars of self, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. I like to say that this is your GPS guiding you through this beautiful journey we call life to reach not just survival, but real lasting victories. So today, my friends, we zero in on the mental pillar of self, mental resilience, mental strength, mindset, and so much more. This isn't just theory. This is practical wisdom. We're not here to ponder what could be, but to unlock what can be. We'll take a look at examples from my own life, how I've achieved professional and personal success, but also how I've, how I've helped others do the same. So I want you to take a seat and enjoy the ride. Now, in the realm of personal growth, we often get caught up in external strategies, the right books to read, the right career paths to choose, even the right foods to eat. But let's get real for a second. All the choices Decisions and actions often stem from two interconnected places, your mind and your heart. But wait, you might ask me and you may say, why the heart? Ah, indeed. If the mind is the captain of the ship sailing through the sea of life, then consider your heart as the ship's moral compass or spiritual guide. It's not just about steering the ship. It's about understanding why you're sailing in the first place. Your heart ensures the journey aligns with your soul's purpose, your authentic self. So, when we talk about the mental pillar, know that it's only part of the equation. A part that must work in harmony with the heart for a truly fulfilling journey. And I like to mention this early on because what I've realized in life, and now that I'm 40, I can look back and see quite a bit of it happening, is that when I was truly successful in whatever I did, and when I look now at what I am truly successful in, It has always been when I married the mind with the heart, put the two together, and then achieved the results I was after. With a smile on my face, finding joy and fulfillment in everything that surrounds it. So, if we go back to the topic today, the mental aspect of ourselves, right? That mental pillar. Why do we want to focus on that first? And specifically, why today? Well, for me... Is the nerve center, right? The command hub that controls the rest of your life. It's not just about being smarter. It's about being tuned in, tapped in, and fully engaged with the world. And specifically, your world. We're not here to add more fluff or theory to the mental wellness space. There's plenty of that out there, and you can find lots of it. And if you can't, message me, and I'll send you lots of resources. So no, no, we are here to provide actionable strategies, insights that that can lead you to your personal transformation, a rebirth of sorts of your mental faculties that starts and sets the stage for triumphs in every other domain of your life. So if you are ready, let's take a deep breath in, exhale, and let's set the stage for transformation that brings clarity, purpose, sharpens your focus, and enriches your life by bringing you more joy and fulfillment. Ladies and gentlemen, before we jump into today's main topic, the mental pillar, let's address the elephant in the room, the critical missing link in your playbook for success, the four pillars of self and finding balance among all four. Now, the four pillars of self aren't just buzzwords. They're your intellectual property, your goldmine. The four pillars, again, are mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. They are non-negotiable components for unlocking your full potential. Think of them as the ultimate productivity hack, the secret sauce that transforms you from being just good enough to extraordinarily great. Now, Aristotle once said, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. 
this speaks to the essence of the four pillars of self and what I like to bring to you with every episode of this podcast. A chance to look at yourself and look at your world with a different lens and find ways in which you can perhaps challenge an old belief, an old limitation, an old view, and emerge that much stronger. Now, if you look at the pillars, right, each of them offer not just an incremental gain in the moment, but also exponential leaps in your personal and professional development. And before we dive in, let's take a moment to underscore the scientific basis of what we're discussing. Now, while you may not find a single study proclaiming the four pillars as the end-all be-all, each of these pillars has a wealth of research behind it. And I want to emphasize this. This is not a new theory. I didn't just come up with this, get downloads, or make it up (laughs) on my way to work. But really, it's a synthesis of empirical truths in neuroscience, psychology, and well-being. And personally, I've been on this journey for couple of decades and really took charge of it in the last decade or so with a much bigger emphasis in the last half a decade. So it's based on everything that I've not only done myself, but what I've seen others around me do, what I've helped others do and achieve, and really taking a look at what's worked and what hasn't worked. And keep in mind, at the end of the day, whatever we share will likely work for you to some degree, but because we're all unique, The tools that work for me will not 100% work for you. So you can take whatever parts work for you, toss out the rest, and continue your beautiful journey. So in conclusion, we're just simply bringing them all together in a comprehensive framework, making the sum far greater than its individual parts. For example, and we talked about this in the past as well, I have been very successful in my professional career because I focused a lot on the mental side of things. And I may have ignored my emotional states or my emotional pillar, and definitely my spiritual pillar, and of course the physical pillar for many, many years. And there were different seasons of my life, right? So maybe in one season I focused on the mental pillar and I focused a bit on my emotional pillar. And there was a season where I was really all in on my physical pillar and ignoring some of the others. And in the end, While I got successes, it didn't really get me to a place where I found joy, fulfillment, and happiness in everything I do in life. Until I looked at them holistically and said, you know what? I can't just work on my mindset, but ignore all the emotions that keep coming up and things that trigger me. I can't just work on my mindset if I don't take care of my sleep. I can't just work on my mindset if I don't take care of my physical body, which, as you can tell... It's a work in progress, but now I'm aware of the implications and I have a much more compelling why as to why I should be doing everything that I'm doing. So it's all fun and games, right? But you may wonder, why do I emphasize a holistic approach at looking at all these parts of ourselves? The reason is simple. Focusing on just one area might yield improvement, sure, but it won't bring the holistic transformation that most of us are seeking. So in other words, Let's say you focus on getting your career on track and making lots of money, but you ignore everything else. What's going to happen? You're going to reach the goal, but likely you're not going to find the joy and fulfillment you thought you would when you started the journey. Another example I can give you, a strong mind, for instance, is wonderful, but it can be limited if you're emotionally drained or physically unwell. I mean, I remember so many examples in my life when I thought I was on top of my mental game, but then I would sleep four hours a night for like five days in a row. And then wonder why I couldn't perform at the best of my ability or even close to it. So allow me to guide you through the framework that's transformed my life and countless others, beginning with this pillar that influences how we perceive and navigate the world, the mental pillar. This part of us doesn't work in isolation. And as I mentioned earlier, it's the command center that when in sync with the emotional, spiritual, and physical pillars directs you towards a life of unbounded joy and fulfillment. And that's really my goal in this life, is how can I find more joy and more fulfillment and do more of that? So then every day I wake up, regardless of how rainy or how much negativity there might be in the world or you name something that you don't necessarily want in your life, you can still find joy, fulfillment, gratitude, happiness in the things that you do. This pillar 
It involves your thought processes, learning capabilities, problem-solving skills, critical thinking, decision-making, and the ability to adapt in your personal and professional life. All of these elements act as the engine driving your journey towards self-improvement. It's not just about intellectual capabilities, but also about a growth-oriented and adaptable mindset. And as I mentioned earlier, I do love to weave in the idea of following your heart and not just your mind. Following your heart can mean trusting your intuition and not just your rational mind, especially when faced with complex decisions. But this simply adds an additional layer to your cognitive functioning, allowing you to blend intellect with instinct. And I know by now you may be wondering, why should I invest in mastering the mental aspect of myself? Well, let me tell you about a study done by Stanford psychologist Carol Dweck, which we'll hear more about in the coming minutes that we'll have together. She found that individuals with a growth mindset are more likely to enjoy challenges, strive to learn, and see the potential to develop new skills. And don't forget, mastery of the mental pillar enhances your capabilities in all the other pillars, emotional, spiritual, and physical, leading to a more harmonious, high-performance life. You may recall that I always talk about how awareness is half the battle. After all, how can you change anything if you are not aware of it? T. Harv Ecker, a renowned author, famously said just as much. The first element of change is awareness. You cannot change something unless you know it exists. Awareness is more than just a trend. It's a universal truth that stands the test of time. But awareness and understanding are just the beginning. Mastery, not perfection, is the end game. Let's get one thing straight. I won't be giving away the farm today. We will be here for multiple days. However, over the weeks and months that we have together on this beautiful podcast, another podcast I guest on, and all the other content I'm creating, we'll get deeper and deeper and deeper into each of these pillars until we leave no stone unturned. Now, for today, I promise what you will get is a compelling glimpse into the immeasurable potential locked within the mental pillar. In the upcoming episodes, we're going to continue to dive deep into the remaining pillars of self, starting with emotional, then moving to spiritual, and lastly going to the physical pillar, and then we're going to tie them all together and seeing again how they all connect beautifully and lead you to a much more holistic approach to life, which hopefully what is out in bliss and joy and fulfillment. And I say hopefully, in a way jokingly, because I know it will result if you put in the effort, you take the actions, and you find your genius and you work with it. Now, this pillar isn't just about flexing your intellectual muscle. It's also about listening to the whispers of your heart. In essence, as we covered a bit earlier, this pillar encompasses your mindset, your professional skills, your learning abilities, and your adaptability. But we're also talking about how your heart's intuition interacts with your mind's rationality to guide you in personal and professional life. The heart offers an additional layer to cognitive functioning that allows a harmonious blend of intellect and instinct. So let's take a brief detour down memory lane where one of my own stories might resonate with some aspect of your life. Now, I grew up in Eastern Europe during the communist era. And I found myself in a rigid environment where making mistakes was considered a failure, not a learning and growth opportunity. This led me to develop a fixed mindset, which became a roadblock in my life. It was only during my later years when I moved to Canada, I went here to university, that I realized what was holding me back, but also realized the emotional wisdom my heart could offer. Those were the early days So I was just scratching the surface of what's possible. Now, by welcoming my heart's intuitive guidance into my mental framework, I began the long journey of transitioning to a growth mindset. So I went to university first for engineering because I wanted to follow in the footsteps of my parents. But I realized that really what I loved was mathematics. So after two years of not enjoying engineering, I made a switch to mathematics. So it was really one of the first times in my life when I truly listened to my heart. And I'm thankful for that. Now, when it came to transitioning to this growth mindset, right? It didn't happen overnight. Oh, I wish it did. But no, it took years and years and years of successes and failures and falling down and getting myself back up and trying and learning and relearning and then coming down a bit and then going up again and so on and so forth. But this shift made all the difference. It turned my life's setbacks into stepping stones for growth 
and help me form deeper connections and richer life experiences. And really, that's what allowed me to progress my career and try and be successful with various entrepreneurial ventures like playing poker professionally online and then being a professional poker coach for a while, content creator, then moving into the corporate world, starting as a developer, moving to be a project manager and consultant and rapidly climbing up the ladder. And now I find myself working as a senior technology consultant for Microsoft. But okay, that's me, right? That was my journey. So you may ask, how did I get there? Like, how have I developed a growth mindset? And am I done with the journey? Well, let me answer that in a couple of ways. First off, I would argue that the journey is never done. You can master an area, but I don't believe one can achieve perfection. After all, we each have different definitions of what perfection is. And the world is always evolving. So there's always opportunity for you to learn more and learn more and learn more. Now, when it comes to the journey from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, it was a blend of rigorous mental training and listening to my inner emotional cues. Yes, your brain is like a muscle that needs regular exercise, but don't underestimate the power of your heart to offer insights your mind may overlook. Now, through specific mental exercises and intuitive checks, I went from confusion to clarity. So now, before I share with you my top 10 exercises that allowed me to move from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset and truly work on my mental pillar, I want to dive a bit into the beliefs that people have about learning and intelligence, both from the lens of a fixed mindset and from the lens of a growth mindset. And these beliefs were beliefs that I've held dearly in my early childhood to late childhood to my early adulthood, those fixed limitations. And then I transitioned to, of course, the growth beliefs. So let's start with the fixed mindset. And there are four I want to highlight. One is intellectual limitations. People with a fixed mindset believe that their intelligence, talents, abilities are fixed traits. They think that they have certain amount of intelligence, and that's it. They can't do much to change it. And boy, was this true for me. I grew up in an environment where we were often told, oh, that person is just not smart enough. That person is just not artistic enough. They will never do anything good in their life, or they will never become anything, right? That's, again, cultural, perhaps. It's environment. It could be caretakers. It could be anyone that instills that limitation within you. Number two, fear of failure. Now, because they see their abilities unchangeable, people tend to avoid challenges and opportunities for growth, fearing that failure will expose their limitations. So if you have those intellectual limitations, which most people I've talked to have had them at some point in life, you're likely going to have a fear of failure. And again, I've had many of those in my life, and I still sometimes catch myself where I'll be like, I don't want to do that. And then when I dig deeper, I realize maybe it's a fear of failure, so I can work with it. Now, number three, external validation. And this is one that I did so much in my life. And again, it creeps up every now and then. But now I'm, I'm aware of the possibility of it creeping up. I'm aware of what it is, so I can nip it in the bud. Now, what is external validation? Well, people often crave approval and validation from others. And their self-esteem is heavily influenced by external markers like grades, job titles, and other people's opinions. And don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with external validation. It's nice to be recognized, right? It's actually amazing. And we should recognize people for all the amazing things they do. But when it gets to be detrimental for us is when we essentially give our power away and expect this validation. And if we don't get it, or if we don't get it the way we expect it, we start to feel bad. We start to go down on ourselves. We beat ourselves up. We remind ourselves how not good enough we are, how bad we are, that our teachers in second grade and fourth grade were right, that we will never do anything right in our life. That's what you need to be aware of and be on the lookout for. And number four on this list is to avoid challenges. Now, again, I was in this category as well. Links up really well with the others that we talked about, right? With especially fear of failure. The need to appear smart often outweighs the need to learn, resulting in the avoidance of hard tasks and the tendency to give up easily. And again, I've been there myself many times in my life. 
be it in my childhood, early adulthood, throughout my entire life. But through the exercises I'm going to share with you in a few minutes, I was able to overcome intellectual limitations, fear of failure, external validation, and the fear of, of taking on challenges, or rather avoiding challenges. Now let's take a look at the beliefs that people with a growth mindset will have. And again, these are just the top four, there's many more. And these resonate really well with what I am in my life right now. First one, and I love this one, is infinite potential. People with a growth mindset believe that their skills and abilities can be developed over time through practice, learning, and perseverance. So you can see how this is directly opposite to intellectual limitations. You are an amazing, beautiful being. You are unlimited, which means you have infinite potential. Don't let anyone, and I mean anyone, tell you otherwise. Because you're an amazing soul having a human experience with this infinite amount of potential and wisdom within you. And if someone made you feel otherwise, shame on them because likely they were made to feel that way and that's all they knew. So if there's anything you take away from this conversation, know that you are infinite and you have infinite potential. Number two, embrace challenges. People with a growth mindset are more likely to embrace challenges as opportunities to grow. And they're not afraid of making mistakes. Now, again, you know, this was a tough one to get to for me because the way I grew up in Eastern Europe, if you made a mistake, you would get punished. You would be looked down upon. You would be made to feel stupid. And guess what happened? I did the same things to me. I would punish myself. I would say, ah, Constantine, how stupid you are to do this. Not ideal, right? But hey, now I embrace those challenges because I know that even if I fail, what's the worst that can happen? Well, I get to learn something from it. And then I can try again if I want to. I mean, that's amazing, right? I mean, what more can we ask for? So look at challenges as opportunities to learn from. And through challenges is how most of us, if not all of us, grow. If we stay where we are, well, tomorrow is going to be the same. And a year from now is going to be the same. So let's go to number three, internal motivation. Hmm. People with a growth mindset generally have motivation coming from within. They have a passion for learning and all the satisfaction they get from the process of growth, regardless of the outcome. So when I started this podcast, I had some doubts about myself. There were times when the fear of failure came up or the belief that I need to avoid a certain challenge or an intellectual limitation came up. But I was able to quickly cut those back because I was aware of the potential triggers or how they will show up in my life. And look at how I can motivate myself and see, wait a second, this is something that comes from my heart and the mind together, and I can do so much with this. And we'll talk more about how I overcame that a bit later. And of course, once we get the emotional pillar. And number four, resiliency or being resilient. So people with a growth mindset, when they encounter setbacks or failures, they're more likely to bounce back, examining what went wrong and adapting their strategies accordingly. Now, I'll leave you with this thought. Look back at anything you've done in your life. Find the time when you had a setback, a failure, you fell down, something didn't work out. How quickly did you bounce back? What made you bounce back? Or what made you stay where you were for a longer time? Did you examine what went wrong? Did you adapt new strategies for the next time? Did you take the lessons learned out of it? If you haven't, I invite you to go back and look at that again. And again, you'll see... This is one of the special tools I mentioned earlier. So a quick recap for growth mindset, infinite potential. Yes, yes, even you. I know you may be rolling your eyes, but even you, infinite potential. Embrace challenges. Find the internal motivation. You have it cultivated. And then resiliency. Oh, it's all about mental resiliency. If you can develop that, you will be unstoppable. Okay, so fasten your seatbelts because I'm about to share my top 10 exercises that have made a massive difference in elevating my mental fitness, my mental resilience, my mental stamina and strength, and of course my mindset. Number one, asking myself, what can I learn from this situation, from this challenge, from this opportunity, in everything I did and I still do to this day. So thus, I'm seeing every opportunity as a lesson waiting to be learned. Number two, reflecting on past experiences to uncover missed learning moments. Now, again, we talked about my upbringing in Europe, right? 
specifically Eastern Europe during the communist era. I never reflected on my past experiences back then. And when I mean past experience, I mean the ones that you don't want to reflect on because you've been made to feel small. Maybe you feel ashamed. Maybe you feel guilty about. But guess what? Those are the moments and the experiences you want to go back to and see what have you missed. What lesson can you take out of it? And I'll give you another example that this was huge for me. Most of the people I talk to say that they've experienced it in their life as well. So I'm curious if you have experienced this. Do you have memories that come up seemingly at the most inopportune times and you feel so ashamed of that memory or maybe there's fear associated with it or maybe there is some trauma associated with it and then maybe an anxiety trigger kicks in. But before you can deal with it, you you try to shove it back down because you're like, ah, I cringe thinking about that. Well, I've had a lot of those in my life because... Like every human being, we make mistakes, and I made mistakes, and I'm like, ah, I don't want to think about it. But we come back up time and time again, right? And what I've realized is that those experiences come up because there is a lesson in there that we haven't taken yet. And you can think of it as God, the universe, your higher self, your ego, your mind, your heart. It doesn't matter what you believe in. You can think of it as sending you reminders. Hey, Constantine, remember that uh, thing you did when you were 15 that you keep trying to push away? But there's a lesson waiting for you there and you're not taking it. So how about you go back and take it? Anyway, think about it in your life. Do you have any of those coming up? I would love to hear from you in the comments, actually. Or send me an email or reach out to me. I would love to hear your stories. So number one and two was asking myself what I can learn from the situation and reflecting on past experiences. These go hand in hand. When I implemented this in my life, I saw a massive shift very quickly. Because all of a sudden... There were so many lessons around me, and I didn't need to look externally. Those are all internal, right? Because those are things that happened in the past or are happening now. So you don't need someone to come tell you anything. You have those within you. So go in and use them. What's number three on my list? And again, these are in no specific order other than how they came up to my mind. Because I do believe all of them are important. Number three, mental rehearsal. Before facing a challenge or a new experience... I mentally rehearsed how I want to handle the situation. I visualized the success and how it made me feel. And this made it real and it helped me attain it. Now, I used past tense here because we're talking about what I did in the past. But it's the same for what I'm doing today. Like when I'm recording this episode for all of you, I actually stopped and looked at this. Okay, it's only my second time recording a solo episode. I have to talk into the camera for X amount of time. It's a new challenge, right? It's a fairly new experience. So I mentally rehearsed how I want to handle the situation. I did some scripting. I did some rehearsal. And then I just visualized the success. That this is going to be amazing, right? It's going to give me so much. It's going to give so much to you, our beautiful audience. But then also I thought about or visualized how it made me feel. It made me feel joyful. I mean, you can see the smile on my face, right? It made me feel happy. It made me feel accomplished. It made me feel like I'm giving back, like I'm learning. So all these feelings have come up and I allow them to come up because when you realize the power of emotions and feelings, which again, we'll cover more in the next episode, it's going to be a game changer. And guess what? This will help me attain this for this particular challenge. Now, another example of this is when I made a jump from a leadership role within a tech startup to a senior role within Microsoft, which was about six years ago when I was in my early 30s. And you may wonder, I mean, why is that such a big deal? Well, at the time when I made the change, and even now, getting into a top organization like Microsoft, Google, Apple, you name it, there's usually a lot of competition, top performers applying left, right, and center, and you have to be at the top of your game to be able to stand a chance. And you don't just have to have an amazing mindset, but you need to be able to execute on all levels. Like how you interact with people during the interview process or even before it, how you interact with people after the interview process, how you talk to yourself, how you visualize things, all of that becomes really important. So let's move on to number four, seeking feedback. Now, this one is important. I mean, all of them are important, so who am I kidding? But I say this is important because it was something I struggled with a lot because of my ego, because again of all those beliefs I had from my early childhood. But actively seeking for constructive feedback helped me identify areas for growth that I might have overlooked. Remember, 
we only have our view of the world. If we don't get feedback from external sources, if we don't seek feedback, what's going to happen? We're going to stay with our view and then we're not going to see our blind spots and we're going to miss out on opportunities. Now, it takes courage to ask, don't get me wrong, but the insights gained can be invaluable. In my professional career, but even in my personal life now, I have a process where I consistently ask for feedback. And I also offer feedback. But I don't just do it willy-nilly and go like, hey, Mike, here's my feedback for you. I might do it in a more gentle way, or I may actually go and say, hey, Mike, amazing presentation today. I took some notes down. If you'd like, I can share them with you. It might help you for future presentations. And then just leave it with them, right? You're just offering, and then it's up to them. Now, number five on the list, so five, is affirmations. And yes, this may sound crazy or woo-woo, and trust me, you know, I'll be honest with you, this is something that I started doing more recently. I thought it was woo-woo, right? It's like, ah, affirmations, that's what those people do, not me. But once I started looking into it and the studies around it, and I started working with my therapists and they started matching, I'm like, ooh, there's something there, right? I realized that creating and repeating positive affirmations, mantras, if you will, can serve as a mental pattern interrupt, shifting you away from a fixed mindset towards a growth mindset. So if you're always saying, without even realizing negative thoughts to yourself or negative things to yourself, just starting to switch to positive affirmations or mantras will provide that interrupt, right? And that's why they work, because they interrupt your old patterns with new patterns that are working in your favor. Now, number six on my list, challenging assumptions. So (laughs) this is one that I always have to remind myself of, right? Because I'm 40 years old now. There's a lot of assumptions I made in my life and things have happened a certain way. I lived in Europe. I live in North America, right? There's a lot of assumptions that go with that. But whenever I catch myself thinking that I cannot do something, I challenge that assumption. So you can ask yourself, is it really true? Are you going to fail? You can't do it. Why? What evidence do you have? What steps can I take to overcome the limitation? But the opposite can work as well. It's like you say, I'm not going to be able to do this podcast because who am I? I'm just someone that works as a technology strategist, not someone that works in the personal development field. I mean, I've been working in the personal development field for a long time as a mentor and coach, but not officially, right? Like I don't have any fancy titles around it. So there were challenges that came up and assumptions on mind is like, oh, who am I to be doing this? Well, and what helped me a lot is really asking myself, is that true? What evidence do I have? So I started looking for some evidence. There was some of it, right? Because your brain is like, oh, you asked for evidence? Here it is, because you think that. But then I did something else. I said, well, what evidence is there against it? And oh boy, there was so much more evidence against it. And that literally broke the assumption wide open. And it allowed me to do, to be to do, to do or be, or all of them, be like, wow, okay, I can do this. Not only can I do it, I have to do it. And I will be amazing at it, right? So challenge your assumptions and see how far you'll go. And I smile here because I know you'll get very, very far. Number seven, breaking tasks into smaller steps. When facing a complex issue or a big project, breaking it down into smaller, manageable tasks can make it easier to tackle and reduce feelings of overwhelm, promoted a growth-oriented approach. Now, there's an amazing book that changed the way I see tasks and the way I started to break them down. And that book is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I'll mention this as one of the top five books I would recommend for this pillar later in the video. Now, number eight, curiosity over judgment. Tough one. For most of us. Now, whenever I encounter a new idea or perspective, I try approaching it with curiosity rather than judgment. This opens the door to learning and evolving. For example, and I have an amazing example from my life that actually happened recently and as a result of me starting this podcast. In the past, I would not approach less mainstream healing methods with curiosity, but either with judgment. I have a science background So if something is not 100% proven in science, then I'll be like, eh, not for me. But then I said, you know what? I'm curious. I'm a curious being. I always like to ask, what if, or is there more to life than what we understand? So a good example here is hypnotherapy or hypnosis, right? I always thought there's something they do on the stage, fake it up and mind control people. But after I switched my approach, I interviewed a couple of hypnotherapists on the show 
and I got intrigued. I was like, wow, the subconscious mind is really powerful. Let me learn more about it. And a few months later, after I did quite a bit of studying, I reached out to one of the ladies I interviewed here, Amy, which, by the way, you can find the episode and I'll link it in, in the top in the show notes. And I became curious and I said, hey, Amy, I would love to try a hypnotherapy session. Now, mind you, I'm in Canada, she's in the US, so we had to do it over Zoom. And boy, what an experience. I had no expectations going in. Open mind, see what happens. I would say it was life transformational. I've got to heal so many childhood wounds and even traumas. And then with the following sessions that we did, I even got to heal past life traumas, which is a concept that I, I was not even aware of. And again, there, there are episodes you can you can find in our podcast list if you're interested in that stuff. Now, of course, it wouldn't be a Leash Thyself podcast if we wouldn't have some dedicated episodes to the subconscious mind, not just with guests, but also with me breaking them down and sharing with you my stories of how I've been working with the subconscious mind be it through hypnotherapy or other methods. And these episodes will come up in the next few months. Okay, so we're up to number nine now. I don't even know how many fingers I'm going to show here, but I should be showing nine. Mindfulness meditation. Practicing mindfulness can help you become more aware of your thoughts and feelings, making it easier to change your mindset from a fixed to a growth orientation. And I cannot tell you how impactful this has been in my life. It hasn't been in my life for very long, but in the short amount of time, a couple of years or so, it's been transformational, and this practice evolves. There are so many ways to do this, and we have so many beautiful episodes that you can go back to. One of our first few episodes was with Seth Monk, who spent decade plus being a monk and meditating, so you can learn from him. Next week, we're going to have an episode with Tom Cronin, who is a master meditation teacher, some beautiful insights, and then we're going to have even more episodes down the road. And of course, we'll do an individual episode as well about my own practices and what I have found. So number 10. Yes, we're at the end of the list. Journaling. Taking time to write down my thoughts, fears, and ambitions offered clarity and a new perspective on my challenges and opportunities for growth. Documenting my wins also reminded me of my growth over time and allowed me to celebrate all that I have achieved. Okay, so we made it through the list, through all 10, but, you know, I like to give away a bonus every now and then. So let's look at number 11. Celebrate your successes. Remember, we are in a marathon, not a sprint. You're looking for mastery, right? Which means it's going to take time. There will be ups and downs. So it's important to celebrate your successes. Take a moment to acknowledge how far you've come, how you've change for the better and how that impacted you and those around you. So let's do a quick recap of the 11 tools I shared with you and their values, right? One, asking myself what I can learn from this situation in every experience that I go through life. Number two, reflect on past experiences to uncover missed learning moments. Look back in your life and see where you missed something and see what the lesson was. Number three, mental rehearsal. Before facing a challenge or a new experience, mentally rehearse how you want to handle the situation. Visualize it. Visualize the success, how it makes you feel, and that will make it more real. Number four, seek feedback. Actively asking for constructive feedback helps you identify areas for growth that you might otherwise overlook. It takes courage to ask, but the insights can be invaluable. Number five, affirmations. Yeah, we talked about how I thought they were woo as well, but there's research into that. There's science now proving it. It's all about creating positive affirmations in your life, mantras that serve as a mental pattern interrupt, shifting you away from a fixed mindset towards a growth mindset. Number six, challenging assumptions. Whenever you catch yourself thinking, oh, I can't do this, well, challenge that. Ask yourself, is it really true? What evidence do you have? What steps can you take to overcome the limitation? And then, of course, ask yourself, what evidence do you have against it? Like, if you can do something, what evidence do you have that you can do it? Seven, breaking tasks into smaller steps. Well, when you face a complex issue or a big project, break it down into smaller, manageable tasks. That's it. Simple as that. Eight, 
Curiosity over judgment. Whenever you encounter a new idea or perspective, try approaching it with curiosity rather than judgment. Because this will open the door to learning and evolving. We're getting close. Number nine, mindfulness meditation. Practicing mindfulness can help you become more aware of your thoughts and feelings, making it easier to change your mindset from a fix to a growth orientation. And number 10, taking time to write down your thoughts by journaling. Or you write down your thoughts, your fears, your ambition, because they will provide you more clarity and likely a new per- perspective on your challenges and opportunities for growth. But also you can document your wins so they can remind you of all the beautiful things you have achieved. And the bonus, 11, celebrate those successes. I just mentioned them above, right? You're in a marathon, not a sprint, not a race. That's, you know, five months or six months or two weeks or (laughs) 10 years. There will be ups and downs. So it's important to celebrate your successes. Take a moment and acknowledge how far you've come, brothers and sisters. Acknowledge that. How you've changed for the better and how that impacted you and those around you. So now that we looked at some of the tools that have been transformational for me, you may be thinking, hold up. You are sharing tools that work for you, but why should I care? Why should I care about the mental pillar? Great question. It's a question that I often get asked by my mentees and clients. Why should I care? Why bother with mastering mental resilience, strength, mindset, or mental fitness? Well, get ready to drop these questions for good as we delve into why it's non-negotiable for a fulfilling life. According again to Carol Dweck, who is a Stanford psychologist, individuals with a growth mindset are more likely to embrace challenges, persist through difficulties, and see setbacks as opportunities for learning. This mindset goes beyond mere intellect. It's about fostering a comprehensive approach to personal and professional growth. A growth mindset allows you to adapt and evolve which is crucial in both your personal and professional life. You might be asking, okay, okay, that's great, but why should I specifically care about the mental pillar? You just talked about growth mindset again. Well, let me spell it out for you. Imagine two people faced with the same life-altering decision, for example, considering a new job or ending a long-term relationship. One person is crippled by fear, indecision, and worry. The other takes a challenge head-on, assesses the pros and cons, and makes an informed decision, guided not just by rational thinking, but also by a clear sense of purpose and an intuitive connection to their deepest desires. Now, who do you think will move ahead faster, both personally and professionally? What if these two people were applying for the same job or were looking to date the same person? Well, I think the answer is obvious. Mastering your mental pillar is more than just intellectual horsepower. It's about aligning your mind and heart, crafting a clear direction and purpose for your life, It's like having a supercharged engine and an unshakable GPS in a race. It doesn't just make you faster, it makes you unstoppable and purpose-driven. Now that we looked at why you should care, let's dive into the secret vault of life's learning opportunities, formerly known as mistakes, and unlock the transformational power they hold for your mental resilience. Have you ever felt like a deer in the headlights from too many choices when choosing what to eat or what to watch? I know I have. But that's also called analysis paralysis. So you likely found yourself in front of Netflix one day, scrolling endlessly through options and ultimately watching nothing. Or perhaps you wanted to eat out but couldn't pick up from the endless options. Well, that's analysis paralysis in a simple everyday form. Too many options, too much thinking, zero decision making. Sounds familiar, right? Don't worry, we've all been there. The good news is... Breaking free is not only possible, but also simpler than you think. Here's how. 1. Prioritize options. List down your choices and evaluate them based on how well they align with your goals. Select the top three to focus on. Number 2. Time box your decision making. Limit the amount of time you spend making a decision. Once the time is up, make the best choice based on the information you have. Or like I sometimes do, toss a coin. Number 3. Talk it out. Sometimes, vocalizing your thoughts to a trusted person can offer a fresh perspective that helps you arrive at a decision more quickly. So, for example, when my partner is not around or my friends, I look to my dog and I say, Hey, Raven. Hey, Oreo. Which decision should I go with? Now, of course, they can talk back with me, but it's a fun exercise that I get to giggle out of every now and then. Okay, all jokes aside, (laughs) let's uh, switch gears a bit and talk about that enemy within. Yeah. 
you won't believe how much it's holding you back. I know it's been holding me back so, so much. And you may ask, who is that enemy? It's negative self-talk. A friend of mine and someone I have been mentoring over the last few years, a highly skilled software developer, consistently told himself that he's just not a people person. And guess what? His skills never got the recognition they deserved because he avoided any scenario requiring interpersonal skills. He missed out on promotions, collaborations, and significant projects. However, once we unpacked what was going on and set a plan in motion, he was able to overcome this challenge, learn from past experiences, and make a lot of progress in a short amount of time. And the result? He earned himself a big promotion to a leadership role within three months of starting to actively work on his mental pillar and all the other pillars and the harmony between them. So what can we do about negative self-talk? Well, one, we can label it. Whenever you catch yourself in a negative self-talk, label it as such. This distancing technique can lessen the emotional impact. And remember, you can reframe it, you can bring in affirmations in, and so on. Number two, challenge and replace. Question the validity of your negative thoughts and replace them with more constructive and accurate statements. Number three, seek support. You don't have to do this alone. Confide in someone who can offer an objective viewpoint and perhaps even present evidence that challenges your negative beliefs. It can be a coworker, a friend, a coach, a mentor, or someone you trust. Have you been here before? This battle between what I say and what I do? And why is it crucial to align them? Well, this is also known as cognitive dissonance where your actions and beliefs don't align. Perhaps you've met someone who claims to be an environmentalist, but takes an Uber for a two-block journey. I know I have. That dissonance between belief and action is a trap that we often fall into, muddying our clarity and impeding growth. So how can we tackle this challenge? Well, one, do a self-audit. Regularly check whether your actions align with your values and beliefs. Step two, modify beliefs or actions. Make a conscious choice to either change your actions to align with your beliefs or change your beliefs so they align with your actions. Many of us fall into the trap of saying, you know what, my actions don't align with my beliefs. But then we don't realize that the beliefs we have or some of the beliefs we have are actually not ours to begin with. So look at both. Number three, seek accountability. Share your goals and values with someone who can help you stay accountable. This can be a friend, a coworker, a mentor, or even a coach. So now that we've covered some of the more common challenges we face on this beautiful journey, it's time to look at some additional resources that could provide a helping hand. So if you are ready to become a mental gymnast, here are five must-reads that will set you on the path to mastery. One, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success by Carol S. Dweck. Dweck presents an evolutionary idea of the growth mindset, which allows for adaptability and evolution. This book challenges you to alter your mindset towards failure and success, ultimately transforming your mental game. Number two, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. This masterpiece dissects human thought processes into two systems, fast, intuitive thinking, and slow logical reasoning. It sheds light on how these systems can both aid and interfere with decision-making, offering insights into mastering your thought patterns for better life choices. Number three, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Clear's book teaches you the science of building good habits and breaking bad ones. By focusing on small atomic level changes, you can engineer large-scale transformations across every aspect of your life, and of course, especially in your mental faculties. Number four, The Art of Thinking Clearly by Rolf Dobelli. This book is a catalog of cognitive errors and biases that often trip us up. This book was transformational for me because it allowed me to realize that I had some biases and cognitive errors that I wasn't necessarily aware of before. He offers concise explanations and actionable advice on how to navigate life's challenges without falling prey to common mental traps. Number five, Deep Work, Rules for Focused Success in a Distracted World by Carl Newport. Newport argues for the value of deep, focused work 
in our increasingly distracted digital age. He presents compelling methods to hone your focus, thereby exponentially improving your mental effectiveness. By now, you can probably see how these mental shifts translate into the real world. To recap, in your personal life, working on the mental pillar can improve relationships by helping you communicate better and be more present with loved ones. It can increase self-esteem by shifting your self-talk and perspective on life's challenges, ultimately leading you to a more satisfying, happier life, filled with joy and fulfillment. In your professional life, a strong mental pillar can be a game-changer in your career. From improved decision-making to better stress management, these skills will make you an invaluable team member and a natural leader. Remember, mental fortitude isn't just about IQ, but it's also about EQ, or emotional intelligence, which is often cited as a key trait for rising in the ranks and leading teams effectively. And we will delve much deeper into EQ in the next episode, which will dedicate to the emotional pillar. So in conclusion, life is all about trial and errors, right? But remember, as Albert Einstein wisely said, anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. So embrace both your intellect and your intuition. Know that you are an unlimited being with unlimited potential. Yes, even you. When mind, right, and heart work in harmony, the possibilities for your personal and professional growth are endless. As we delve deeper into the other pillars, emotional, spiritual, and physical, in upcoming episodes, you'll see how they all interconnect to create a holistic, empowering framework for personal and professional development. So take the steps needed to cultivate your mental pillar, reflect, exercise your mind, listen to your intuition, and prepare for a life of unbounded joy and fulfillment. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me today to dive deep into the mental pillar, a cornerstone of the four pillars of self. Be sure to tune in for the next episode where we'll explore the emotional pillar and its significant role in your life's journey. If you found value in today's episode, I'd be extremely grateful if you could take a moment to subscribe, like, comment, rate, and review Unleash Thyself on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform. Your support helps us grow and reach more people on their unique journeys. This is Konstantin Morun, reminding you that no one, and I mean no one, is more capable and has more knowledge to save you and take you to the next level than you do. Continue the journey to know thyself so you can unleash thyself. And we cannot do it alone, so we're going to do it together. Thank you.